Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of Cryptic and Unhinged. I'm your host, Mary-Kate Willis, and it's late. It's late at night. And I was like, you know what? I need to film an episode because I've been really slacking on it lately. But before we get into literally everything that has just been going on, just know a spider fell on my head while setting up all my equipment for this. So I was really just like, you know what? I might just say fuck it and go to bed. But I got to grind for my besties. Like I would never let any of you down. So before we get into... I'm going to talk about therapy today. But before we get into that, make sure you follow my socials. My Instagram is MaryKate.Willis. My Snapchat is MaryJNotKate. My YouTube is MaryJNotKate, which is where this video is going to go up. I'm pretty sure my Be Real is MaryJNotKate. I don't know though. And make sure you follow my socials though. My Instagram is MaryKate.Willis. My Snapchat is MaryJNotKate. This video is going to be up on MaryJNotKate on YouTube. And I'm trying to think of other... My TikToks, my... Main one is getting banned again, like my new main account. So it's MK9 unit, but I keep getting violations on it. And then there's Mary Jane Not Kate V2. I keep forgetting all the names of it because I just have to keep making new accounts. I'm gonna have to make like my eighth one now. And then I have one for this one podcast, a profile for this podcast called Cryptic and Unhinged. Okay, now let's light a little candle. This candle my roommates got for me for my birthday. And it's a love one because Besides the spider falling on my head, I've had some really bad juju and my therapist has like crystals and candles in her office. So it makes me like think of her. So we'll get a little bit of that good juju flowing in here. I got all, oh my God, the candle went out. Like, what does that mean? It's doing it again. Like the candle won't stay lit. That is the most odd thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Now it's gone. Okay. Ooh, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it most like a shine. I need a bowl. I'm so hungover. I got like way more drunk than I anticipated this weekend or wanted. It was a Borg night. My hair, I've got this like side bang action going on. I don't look in the viewfinder because I won't look at the actual lens of the camera. I'll just stare at myself the entire time because I'm a vain bitch. But yeah. Anyways, I need to talk about therapy today because I missed it last week and I have to feel like, oh my God, the candle is teetering. I have to feel like I did something productive for my mental health and whether that's helping other people with theirs or tending to mine, you know, I've just had this like weird luck going on this week too, where like all my jewelry is breaking. A psychic came in my live and said that one of my close friends is fucking me over. Like is, what is it called? Like a snake in the grass. I don't know. That freaks me the fuck out. Like, I don't know what she was saying. And I was too scared to book a session with her. Also, my fake tan is so bad. It literally looks like, you know, like desert sand when it all cracks like that. That's what my skin looks like, even though I've moisturized and exfoliated. Also, I would be wearing a long sleeve shirt, but yeah, I'm also itching myself because the spider, like I've convinced myself that there's multiple spiders on me now because it just literally dropped out of the sky onto my head and I made MJ eat it. So it's fine. It all worked out. Yeah. Weird weird things happening. I like ended up seeing a friend from freshman year that I haven't seen in a while. Just a lot that's like making me feel mentally very strange. So I'm like, you know what? I just got to do something productive. So I was like, let's talk about therapy today. I've tried to record episodes about therapy before and I've ended up just scrapping them because I didn't like the way that I talked about it because I want there to be like an even amount of almost like advice for you guys where I get to, I've not convinced myself that there's a spider underneath me. That's why I keep touching my... (laughs) Legs like that? Yes, I am high right now. But I wanted to talk about... Oh, shit. I just skipped my white noise. I wanted to talk about all the things that like are kind of important surrounding that because I feel like a lot of you ask me like therapy questions and I just don't have a lot to say. Also, the fact that like I have to be kind of quiet because my roommates are going to bed right now. And most people would be going to sleep right now. This is like my productive hour. I don't know what it is about the nighttime, but I can just like accomplish more. I spend all day feeling bad for myself. That's why. I also got over my mic stands because they're fucking annoying to me and they're always too small and I don't feel like hovering like this because then it just gives me body dysmorphia. Okay, so I think we'll start with the bowl because I, you know, it's fucking therapy. Like no one wants to talk about (laughs) why they're in therapy. I mean, I guess I do. I love the sound of my own voice. Speaking of, I know you guys probably want more guests. So if there's anyone you can personally think of, I just have social anxiety and nervous to ask people to be on it, but I would love to have another guest. I don't know. I don't know. I also just feel like I do well by myself and I can talk to like a fucking brick wall for an hour. So it wouldn't even matter if it were just me, but I do think it's more entertaining when I bring someone else into the mix and you guys get to see like more 
of my social life, but maybe we can get like another influencer on it. I don't, I don't have that many influencer friends. Wah. I got to call my friend. This is the thing. What Hannah was saying in that last episode, drop the ego. I really need to get myself out there, especially because I'm graduating now. If you're an influencer watching this, let's be friends. Let's hang out. I hope you and your friend trauma bonded. I went to move my hair and was like, oh, I'm holding the microphone. I was like, Why, where did my voice go? Okay, cheers. We'll take a rip. Listen, I've been smoking Connecticut pack and I love the Connecticut pack, but when you get used to, oh, if I knock this candle over at any fucking point in this, I feel like when you get used to a certain type of strain or herb, it doesn't hit the same. Oh my God, the candle's already dripping. Okay. So basically the first thing that I think I should like lay out there is like why I started. And I literally put on my thing. I was like, I don't remember. Like, I don't know why. I think it stems from family history and I've touched on, I think a little bit in the past of like both my parents have mental illness on either side, pretty severe, whether it's like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, anxiety, ADHD. I don't know if autism is considered a mental illness, but I think that's developmental, which sucks. I wonder if ADHD like qualifies as both. So there's just a lot that I kind of, I think my parents knew about growing up that and a lot of when you have the addiction gene in your bloodline, especially as prominent as I do, I feel like most addiction, and this is one of the lessons I learned from therapy is like it stems from untreated mental health issues. And obviously people don't know how to healthfully cope. Like I'm taking fucking bulls before I'm talking about therapy and they cope in unhealthy ways because they don't know any better. And that's taught and trauma is cyclical. But my brother had been diagnosed with ADHD growing up and there was a lot of trauma happening in the house. Like my parents split up when I was 18, but my mom wanted to divorce my dad from the time that we were kids because he just like, I've said he was there, but he wasn't really there. My dad was struggling with his own mental health problems. My mom probably too. And so they take us to therapy, probably family therapy at a very young age. And I don't remember most of it. And this was the time probably before my brother got diagnosed with ADHD. And my mom, when I was younger, thought I had oppositional defiant disorder because I did literally the opposite of what everyone told me, but specifically her. And she just thought I was like a raging cunt. I still am. But yeah, I literally wrote down family has always been problematic. It's just, it's in the bloodline. So like most, if not all of my family is in therapy. I think my brother's the only one who isn't and he's getting back in it. I think even my nephew, like, yeah, that stems pretty deep. But it's just like, I think my mom kind of knew that I was going to need someone to talk to, but I didn't really want one of my own. And I didn't think I needed one of my own. Like back when I was probably a teenager up until I was a teenager, mental health was still like very, very stigmatized. So I thought that like to have a therapist, you had to have something wrong with you. Like you had to have a diagnosed issue or you thought you had to have something. And then in eighth grade, I dated this guy. It was my first ever boyfriend. I had no friends before this. And he was a piece of shit. And he had a bunch of mental health problems. And from talking to him about it, I think I realized that I had anxiety and depression. It just kind of like clicked then. And I remember I spent most of my eighth grade going into my freshman year of high school that summer. You guys, I would lay in a dark room, turn on like the star lights on the ceiling, or maybe it was like a sunset lamp. No, I remember what it was. I had this changing color speaker. So I'd shut off all the lights and it would change color. And I'd like listen to Frank Ocean. 13 years old, probably like 12. No, because you're 13 and you turn 14, you're a freshman year of high school. So I like realized I had problems. My mom gets me a therapist. So anyways, I get a therapist I wish I could name her because she had such a funny name. It was the, like a close name to my best friend at the time. So I like kind of fucked with her just for that reason alone. But I still was so mad that my mom made me do it. And my mom basically phrased it to me as like, I love when people simple things down for me because I just, you know, overwork it in my head. And she looks at me and goes, it's just like someone to talk to. Because if you're not going to tell me what you're doing and you don't feel comfortable talking to me about stuff like that, I at least want you to be like talking to another adult about it. 
So I, with my first therapist, I just cried every single fucking session and she'd validate the hell out of me. And then my mom came with me because I started sneaking out because I had her for probably a year. And it was the same therapist office that my brother went to. And so, yeah, my mom came with me. I'll never forget this session. It was really bad. And I had just gotten in trouble. And I'm like, it's not even about this. Like, I don't think you understand like where my frustration and where the sneakiness comes from. It's the fact that you parent me so differently than my siblings. I was saying this at 14 years old, being like, mom, like, I know you treat me differently than the, the other siblings. Like, because my sister has raging anxiety, raging social anxiety, like bad. Oh my God, the candle spilled. I didn't even see that. And my brother... He has pretty severe ADHD, like what I would consider low functioning. So they both live at home and they, my brother like went to technical school and my sister's doing online college. No hate to them, but they always needed a little bit more help. Molly also has a pretty severe celiac allergy and it kind of fucked with her, especially because we're both emetophobic and we grew up emetophobic. I don't know where that stems from. Still haven't really figured that one out, but it was like a fear for both of us. I think I probably instilled it in her. I cannot tell a fucking lie. So yeah, I was just always seen as the less needy kid. Like I was seen as the self-sufficient one. I was explaining that to my friends last night. I was like, I was always like the okay one. Like, and even my older sister, you know, like she had a lot of problems. She got sober really young. Hopefully I'll get her on here to talk about her whole life because she has a great story and, you know, she's in therapy too. And she it really has been helping her and she does EMDR. So I think, and a, lot, a couple of my friends do that. A lot of them who struggle with, really traumatic events that happen to them because on a scale of traumatized, I'm definitely not that bad. You guys, like I definitely subdued myself to a lot more trauma than my family ever put me through. You know what I'm saying? Like, although the choices arguably related back to that trauma. So it's like, which came first, the chicken or the fucking egg, you know? So anyways, I didn't even finish the whole story about my mom coming with me to session. So she comes with me when I get in trouble for sneaking out, like probably, you know, a couple of months later, because I'd gotten her my summer over eighth grade and or maybe like a little bit towards the end of the school year. So I'm like sitting in the session explaining how she's treating me differently than my siblings. She looks at me when I'm done and goes, you made your brother want to unalive himself. I'm like, girl, that's a fucking reach. I literally asked my brother, I'm like, did you tell her that? He's like, no. She just really was pulling out all the strings. My mom is a Gemini and she's very manipulative. I love her to pieces, but she's very fucking manipulative. She'll admit that. Maybe not actually. I don't know. I don't know how she would feel. I just found all these rings in my pocket. So yeah, that that was the origin, villain origin story of me and my therapy sessions. And for a while after that, I convinced myself that I didn't need to go and there's nothing wrong with me. And so the first therapist was also not the best just because she just like agreed with everything I said and never gave me any advice or never pointed out situations where I was like victimizing myself because that's what I've learned in the last year alone is that I have a large, large victim complex. My therapist now loves to point out when I'm playing the victim and we love her for that because I need kind of a reality check sometimes. So basically I've been in and out of therapy on and off, on again, off again, love you like oxygen, sorry, for nine years. I cannot even tell you how many therapists I've had. Actually, let's try to count. Let me take a sip of water though first, because not I'm a little down bad. Oh, I'm like holding the microphone too close. God, I needed that. Okay. Let's count them. First one at 18. No, not 18, eighth grade. <laughs> oh my God. Well, if you count the family therapist when I was a kid, then that's two. Then I saw two different ladies. One for an, two, two for intake, and they both sucked. One of them recommended that I get institutionalized, that I needed to be an inpatient. My dad said, you're fucking bad shit, and pulled me out. Then I had this one in high school that I had probably from 16 to like 18. And then my mom didn't pay her a late fee one time, and she refused to see me ever again. She was good, but I needed more than that. You know, like she... She was a little bit like mansplaining, but in a woman. So then after her, I was like, okay, well, I've only had female therapists. Let me get a male therapist. So I get a male therapist. He fucking sucked. We'll get into that one. And then I had 
no therapy for a really long time. Well, I talked to this one at my school for a little bit, but I didn't like her. I had like a few phone calls with her just about like getting an appointment and kind of like what I wanted help with because yeah, I needed one, (laughs) especially with like the transition from moving. I should have had one for college. That's one of my biggest regrets for sure. I think it would have made acclimating and like understanding kind of everything that happened that year and from there on out easier especially with everything that was going on with my dad, I really probably could have used someone to talk to about that situation rather than taking it upon myself to make the steps to, I guess, like heal that and heal myself from that, which bold move of me though. Like I'm not going to lie. I probably would not even do some shit like that right now. I like am definitely still very petty and resentful. That's also something I work on in therapy. So then there was that girl in my school. Oh, I lost track. I was counting. Fuck. Does anyone remember? I'll look back at the video. Then there was one that I saw. I saw like a psychologist when I was trying to quit Nick and got put on antidepressants, but she wasn't like a full-time girl. She just gave me meds and a diagnosis. And then I saw this other girl when I got put on medication and she was like kind of helpful. And then when I moved back to school, she was like, psych, I actually cannot see you. Good luck, soldier. And I kind of liked her. She was young. She was really cool. And then I had my therapist now and she's fucking great. She's my mom's therapist because my mom was complaining to her therapist about it. She was like, I'll see her. And the reason I really fuck with my therapist now is because she actually knew me before because we had done a family therapy session when everything happened with my dad. And my mom, she's as much as she's petty and manipulative, she's a very smart lady and very mature because she wanted us to have a good relationship with our dad and to be able to cope in a way where like we got to talk about how we felt. Typically how this went was we all got into a room and we're in therapy and my mom's talking about it, talking about it. My therapist is talking about it with her. I It, it goes my dad, me, my little sister, Jackson, my mom, and my older brother, sorry. My older sister is not there. And we just got to kind of say how we felt about the situation. Molly, of course, was quiet. And Jackson was blaming my mom for making him join cross country or something like that. And then that was like completely irrelevant, you know, to the whole subject. I don't know why they asked him to participate in that. Then when it got to me, I looked at my dad and I went off and I called him a lot of things that I regret. But I said it with my chest and she sat there like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, no, I'm going full throttle on this bitch. And she kind of let me do it. <laughs> she kind of let me run my mouth for a little bit. It was kind of nice. And she definitely like helped. So it, the hardest part about therapy, like getting a new therapist is like, it's like dating, you know? We'll get more into that in a second though, because I just completely went off the rails with this conversation in my notes. But I kind of want to talk about why I got a male therapist though, because I think that's a good story. I know I said I was going to talk about that later, but I think this is crucial to like what my therapist always tells me is like who or like which parent or which gender you typically feel more comfortable talking about your emotions to. That's the gender of the therapist or psychiatrist or whoever you should probably look for. So I typically trust women more when this isn't one of my takeaways. That was also debunked by therapy. It's literally like fucking Mythbusters. Like therapy is literally like Mythbusters. You find out all the shit about yourself. You're like, oh, that's why I'm, that's why I'm this fuck. That's why I act like, wow. You know, like you just sit there with it. Sometimes I'd be sitting there after therapy, like, goddamn. Like I've willingly been a participant in my own demise in the last couple of years. That's the most fucked up part is you find out it's all about you. Like this is all your own doing. Ah. Not my favorite thing as a control freak. Not my favorite thing. So, God, what was I going to talk about? Oh, the male therapist. Yeah. So, God damn it. The candle. The candle. Okay. So, yeah. I got a male therapist because I had been seeing the other girl. Didn't take my insurance. Whatever. Fun fact. My therapist now knows her. Like in real life. So I think that's so fucking interesting. Hey, Jackson. I don't know my mic's on. So yeah, I was like going through it. And this all happened my senior year when I was having like that fucking mental crisis. I also literally briefly thought I was possessed during this time. But then I was more concerned that I had schizophrenia a little bit because that runs in my family. I was 18 and I was using psychedelics. 
I was smoking a lot of fucking jazz cabbage. Okay, my boyfriend at the time was the fucking plug. So I was like, I should probably see a doctor. And I was always seeing therapists because there's a difference between like therapists and actual fucking psychiatrists because therapists technically can't diagnose you or give you medication, but a psychiatrist can. So my formal diagnosis, by the way, (laughs) social anxiety. And then I've gotten the depression one and I've been on antidepressants. But what I think is that it's resulting from the anxiety and like not talking about the anxiety. I think that's kind of like, a, they kind of go hand in hand. Like if you have an anxiety diagnosis or a depression diagnosis, you likely have both. So yeah, social anxiety, generalized anxiety. And there was another one, but I don't remember it. So yeah, that's everything. But I really think I need to get tested for ADHD. I cannot tell why. Like, I, the way I just be getting distracted. Do people with ADHD like weed? Because my brother who has it does not. Also, fun fact that my therapist taught me, I really want to play with the wax, was that a lot of ADHD is stem from trauma. And my brother actually had a really traumatic birth where he stopped breathing. I'm like, oh, that's probably where I came from. And she's like, yeah, or your childhood. I was like, oh, yeah, that would be part of it. So then let's talk about the best takeaways that I've had so far in like my therapy career because I feel like everyone always wants to know like what are you learning from this because I know a lot of people say that it's expensive and I'll kind of get to this later in my advice about you know getting your own therapist and stuff because I think a lot of you want to hear stuff on that too and how like you can take the steps to get help if you're seeking it but I would definitely recommend it and yeah we'll get there I need to like stop jumping around the conversation maybe I need another bowl probably Probably should take one. It's been like 20, 25 minutes. So it's probably been 20 minutes since my last poll. I think we deserve another. So we'll just kind of get crack lacking on these fucking theories that I've had or concepts that have changed my mind about the world. First and foremost, on the list of best takeaways from therapy, everyone needs fucking therapy. Everyone needs help. Like coming from someone whose entire family is in it now, I feel like if we all got in it sooner, things would have been a little bit better and things just would have been handled better. I just have a lot of regret that I didn't voice to my mom how helpful it was to me. And I honestly think if it weren't for therapy, because listen, like I got into it and my mom was basically telling me it's just someone to talk shit to that's completely removed from your situation. And I was dealing with my little middle school drama. Like it went from being the thing that really has helped me hold myself together over everything that's happened to me. Because by the time you hit 22, you have experienced so much in your lifetime. The odds are that everyone who is 22 years old or in their 20s has experienced some degree of a traumatizing event or trauma in general. And I have friends who clown on me because they're like, all you ever talk about is trauma, 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 trauma. And I'm like, it's real though, because like we experience, especially as Gen Z and people who had access to the internet way too young, I saw shit that I should not have been seeing. I interacted with people I should not have interacted with. Like, I don't know. I think the internet is so scary and was such an undefined place growing up. I mean, think about like the chain emails and like, YouTube back then had no censorship. You could literally look up videos of like, this is when like ISIS beheadings were a big thing. This is awful to talk about, but like you could literally see like people dying just all the time. In eighth grade, seventh grade, my English teacher was obsessed with JFK and made us watch the video of his assassination like 20 times. That was one of the most morbid events of my lifetime and equally traumatizing. Coincidentally, seventh grade was the least amount I've ever gone to school in my entire life. I don't know how I was not declared truant. Yeah, I've always kind of had problems growing up. And what my mom always said to me, this is kind of a takeaway too. My mom always said to me, and my dad always jokes about it. You know, I was arguing with my mom when we were in San Francisco. She just called me one morning, chose violence and starts bitching me out. And I just woken up, I'm crying. I'm sensey. Like literally what the fuck? Cut a bitch a break, yelling at me about I'm good for nothing. I can do nothing by myself. I'm too much. 
Oh, this woman knows how to hit me where it hurts. So I'm crying about this shit. My dad's like, MK, from the time that you were like a baby and you could scream, your mom was arguing with you. And I I just remember, and my sister's like, I, I remember you guys like arguing before you could, you could even talk. And you'd be like, mom, she's like fucking three. Like, what are you doing right now? And my dad's like, I called your sister one day and I go, Taylor, it's horrible. MK's just like your mom. <laughs> my, my sister's dying and she's like, really? And he's like, yeah, but it's kind of awesome at the same time because she's the only match for her. Like she's the only one who can out-argue that woman. <laughs> my parents were married for 20, 25 years. God, no, maybe. No, they got married in 98. No, so I don't know. Would have been 25 years this year. That's... No. Yeah. That's wild. So wild. Over 20 years though, because they got divorced when I was 18. Yeah. Trippy. Wait, maybe not. 19 years. Sorry. I'm not the best at math. I failed remedial math. By the way, therapy was also helpful for that because I didn't, this might have developed because of the jazz cabbage, I have learning disability. So I've always had to have like accommodations And being in therapy has definitely helped me get those. So if that's something you also struggle with, like I just don't learn the way that normal people do. I struggle with school. I've struggled with school since I got in high school. And like I'm intelligent. And my teacher in high school used to tell a story about my brother. And she said that I reminded her of him because he would fail any fucking written exam she handed him. And then after class one time, she like held him after and was like, can you like, let's just talk about this stuff because she knew he knew about it. And so she starts asking him about it and he answered every question that he answered wrong on paper, right? Orally. It's like some people just learn so differently and the standardized testing bullshit and like the fucking, I was about to say STDs, the fucking SATs, all of that does not work for everybody. Like you can't use this curriculum you've been using for like what the last 50 years and expect it to be applicable in every classroom setting. Like a lot of these kids have, whether it's like, a mental health problem or like a developmental issue, there should be accommodations to lectures. Like I think about when I was younger, we were all in different reading groups. Like they would split up the class. You should do that by learning styles. Maybe I should be a teacher. Actually, a lot about my life path has said that in a mom. <laughs> Two of the last things I thought I'd ever fucking be. I'd love to be like a life coach though. That would be really fun. Yeah, let's take another rip. Hitting the 30 minute mark. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why did my white noise turn off? Fucking Bradley was calling me. Okay, let's take this rip. Oops, sorry. I pulled that out prematurely. I don't know why I did that. That one tastes a little limey. I got Subway tonight, you guys, and I don't regret it. I was craving it earlier, and I was like, well, I can't flame broiler, because if you've never had... If you've never had flame broiler and you live in Southern California, get it with the magic sauce. All I'm going to say, it's delicious. But I was like, I could get that. But then I was like, I really want fucking Subway. Like I kept thinking about that video that I made and I was like, I got to get it. The people would want me to get it. I just spilled water on myself. Just trying to take a sip. The lipstick, my lipstick is on the microphone for me literally jabbing the shit in my fucking mouth. Wait. Forgot I have a nicotine device. I went to the Stardy this weekend. And I didn't have a vape. Hey, I'm taking Chopskin because I'm a piece of shit and I failed my driver's test. I'm going to try to quit Monday. Tomorrow's Monday. Try again tomorrow. But yeah, back to the takeaways. <laughs> the next thing, no one can make you feel any sort of way you choose to feel like that. And a lot of people disagreed with this when I posted it on TikTok. And like, I'm sure everyone believes in their own thing. But that was something that like clicked for me that I needed to hear because I'm someone who is very thin skinned, very easily offended, very like easy to internalize stuff and get under my skin and like really bother me. Even though I put on a good friend that I don't give a fuck. I actually really care. Shocking, surprising news alert. I, MK cares. I keep hitting this fucking monstera plant. I try to move it, but whatever. But it's like, I don't know. I I feel like I so many times have put myself again. This goes to the victim complex. Like 
in situations where I can play the victim because I have been victimized and I can villainize this other person and blame them for all like, you know, the trauma that happens to me. But at the end of the day, like I'm putting myself in that situation and I'm choosing to let it get under my skin and let it be something that becomes my villain origin story. So it's like, yes, everyone has trauma, but are you, you, let me rephrase this because this is going to be like a great one-liner. Yes, everyone has trauma, but are you going to use it as an excuse to get worse or as an excuse to get better? Because I've seen both. And quite honestly, watching someone use their trauma as a reason to be a worse person is the saddest thing ever. Because you also can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. That's a therapy takeaway I did not write down. But as someone who, I don't know, puts myself in situations not only where I'm hanging out with fucking scumbags, like literal horrible people who do not care about my well-being at all. I also have the need to like realize that they're traumatized and really hurt. And then I make excuses for them and I try to see the best in them. And I just end up getting hurt myself. And while I'm trying to get them help, I'm the bitch that ends up on antidepressants every single time without failure. It's like comical almost. Except for my last relationship, we I'm pretty sure we both got on antidepressants. Yep. No comment on that one. I can't. I'm like trying not to be silly right now. And I did say this before. Everyone is to some degree traumatized was another takeaway I wrote down. Yeah. Like I feel like even if you're young, I feel like I've been seeing specifically with TikTok, a lot of younger kids. Like I thought it was just me, but I also think this is situational depending on where you grew up because I didn't grow up in the nicest of areas. Like I saw this TikTok today and it was like summers in Connecticut and it was in like Fairfield County. And I was like, holy fuck, like, This does not look like where I grew up. Like we did not know. So I think it depends. But also I didn't grow up in a bad area at all. Like I grew up in the suburbs. Don't get me wrong. It was just rural bumblefuck. It was like a white bubble. So in a way, it also kind of white trash. I'm not even going to lie. Like I fed into those stereotypes. I, I do not. Like if I were to meet the person I was when I lived there today, I would not be friends with her. I would not be friends with her. She was mean. She was spiteful. She was wounded. And ugh, just like not something that kind of goes along with, though with everyone being traumatized and like why I have the tendency to see the better in people is because when people are traumatized, they often stay the age that they're traumatized at. And this is where the inner child concept comes from. So times in your childhood where you've been traumatized you develop this layer of inner children and you don't just have one. There's often many. I think they're called like the firefighter. There's, I have to look that up. Hold on. Let me steer you this bullshit. Oh my God. Not the last thing I searched being this guy's name, like full government name. That's so bad. I'm down bad. (laughs) Yikes. I literally was looking at his LinkedIn earlier. Yes, I know that they can see the profile. That's why I did it from a completely different email on a Google search. Thank you. What are the layers of inner children? Firefighter. Like I definitely have this written down somewhere. Okay. It's literally saying nothing online about it, but my therapist has talked to me a lot about it. Fuck. I hope I wrote it down. Okay. I didn't. That sucks. Oh, I just found a crazy good note from therapy. This is a great one. So this is kind of like going with the inner child thing. And also... To go with being, you know, grounded in the state of the age that you were traumatized at, when people react who are very sensitive like me or, you know, like anyone, you know someone who's hot-headed and there's been a moment where they've reacted and you're like, it's childish as hell. Like you've seen someone act so out of pocket. Recognize that in that moment, that's a younger version of themselves responding. And it's so crazy when you learn that. Like I look at people so differently now, even myself. Like I have moments where I throw a fucking temper tantrum and it's like, what age did that stem from? Like literally on my birthday, getting in everyone's faces. I think I was like 16. That's got to, or 18. The 18 year old me is the, that's the firefighter. She's the protective layer and she's pissed. But something I learned about the inner children Inner child related to childhood trauma. These are notes I took in therapy. Because also take fucking notes in therapy. If you go to therapy, write some shit, some takeaways, some stuff down. It has changed my life because I would just walk out of a therapy session and like want to forget about it. You know, you ever see those like tutoring commercials during the summer 
where the kid's like getting water out of his ears and all those like letters are falling out and he's just forgetting everything he learned during the school year. That's what it feels like when I left a therapy session. I'd go straight to a sesh after, you know, like I'd go get high and just like forget that it happened. This is why you have to write this down. So this is from 2021 too. So parents are human, underdeveloped and immature, which I thought was a very impactful quote because even if you say you had the perfect childhood, your parents inherently fucked you up in some way, shape or form. And I have had many boyfriends who are like, my parents loved me. It was so normal. And you're like, dude, something happened. Like you cannot be like this normally. I like you. And that already means you're fucked up to some degree. So like, let's just keep it on though here. Be so fucking for real. <laughs> you got a problem. You got an issue. Someone might've hurt you. Mommy or daddy? It's usually mommy. If I'm being so fucking for real. Love my men with mommy issues. Ugh, that speaks to my own trauma. Okay, I have both, by the way. <laughs> I feel like the Olympic champion of fucking drama, it, especially because I talk about it so much. Like, it is one of my only personality traits outside of TikTok, I swear to God. I literally have been thinking about becoming a horse girl again <laughs> because the whole tarot thing kind of out like everyone does it now like no one's really impressed by that anymore i was thinking about learning magic too kind of in my job from arrested development era if you haven't seen arrested development watch that shit because that i feel like is very indicative of my family that's what my family feels like okay however so their relationship your parents relationship is a template you will use for your own relationships that sucked to hear identify the rules you played in your family so this is like five to ten and eleven eighteen i don't know what that means rules with mother and father so there's three, the hero, the lost child, the scapegoat. And I think there's also like the mascot. So there's someone, it's like kind of like, I don't know, the class clown sort of vibe, like copes with humor. The lost child withdraws, retreats to a fantasy world. And I said, Molly. And then when I learned about the scapegoat, the scapegoat, and this will really explain a lot about me. When shit hit the fan in my family, when anyone had the finger pointed at them, it would get pointed right back to MK. And like someone always had something to say about some shit that I was doing. And like I said earlier in this episode, like my parents parented me very differently than they parented my siblings because also my siblings were introverts, but my brother did party a lot in high school. We actually went to a lot of the same parties, if I'm being so fucking for real. Never forget the time that like worlds collided and we ended up at the same function. It was like the strangest experience in my life. Out watching this candle melt was like actually super sick. So yeah, the scapegoat just gets like blamed for everything. And they usually get pushed into the role of being like an addict. Like they cope unhealthily. They don't live in reality. They like need to escape reality, escapists. It's very like, just look into that shit. If you're interested, like familial trauma roles, like that was something that changed my whole mindset about therapy. I have really bad indigestion right now. I think it's from the subway. What the fuck? So improve self-esteem and how I view myself as less than others. So the lost or the scapegoat usually has super low self-esteem and boundaries, emotional, walled in and invulnerable. And then reality, I see myself as the problem in most situations. And then dependency, too dependent. Moderation is out of control, seen as chaotic and reactive with anxiety. This is all about the scapegoat. And then presentation and posture, unavailable and aggressive. <laughs> I don't know how like applicable that is necessarily, but you know... I just think that that's interesting to know something that really, that was something that really piqued my interest in therapy, I feel like as a whole, because I didn't always believe that it worked. You know, I think it's really easy to brush off that it doesn't because healing is not linear. And until you actually want to put the work in, like I used to be dishonest with my therapist in the past and that gets you fucking nowhere. Like you're literally throwing money out the window. You might as well light that shit on fire because therapy again is not cheap. My therapist luckily is cheap, but I'll get to, I told her you guys have a complaint about that and you need advice about that. So she told me some things. I just never made a fucking video on it, dumbass. Actually, no, let's rewrite that negative self-talk. You are a little bit forgetful, but when you do remember, everyone loves you for it. You're a good person. Just because you're forgetful doesn't mean you're a bad person. Love you, MK. See, I feel like warmer after saying that to myself. You really just got to catch yourself in the moment. I literally keep saying things and then they pop up on the list. Healing isn't linear. It comes down the list. So just know that it's been a fucking journey. Obviously, I've been in therapy for nine years. Like, I think I'll probably be in therapy until I die. I'm (laughs) 
being so honest, I don't know if I could ever see myself without therapy. And I don't think I'll be 100% better ever. So, mm, mm. yeah. So growing up is literally just reparenting yourself as something that I learned in your 20s. Like you have to learn to be a productive member of society. And also people who like grew up in a household that probably doesn't talk about mental health more or was a little bit less trauma built. They don't really understand that you are not in the same place as them, like mentally, physically, reactionary. Like I have had to teach myself how to be a normal fucking person. And it's so hard to describe that to people unless you've like been through it because the way in which my parents parented me wasn't necessarily correct. And they've admitted that. My mom more so than my dad, which is ironic because I believe my dad is the root of all evil in terms of MK and whatever the fuck I do. But that would be crazy if I got my dad on the podcast. Maybe I'll do that when I'm home. I'm planning to go home for the month of June. So if y'all are in Connecticut, maybe I'll... Who the fuck are we kidding? I'm not going to see you if I go to Connecticut. I'm going to be in fucking hiding, bro. Like, I'm not talking to anyone from my... I always say that. I'm like, I'm not talking to anyone from my high school. And then I end up having the best time with people from, from my high school. It's like, okay, grow up, bitch. Grow up, pretty girl. Mature... Miss ma'am. Like, see, like, I think I'm being funny with the self-deprecation, but it's like, that's something I learned in therapy too. It was like a little goes a long fucking way. And that's just putting therapy to action. You got to implement it into your real life too, like the things that you learn. And that's why I recommend taking notes during session. I've actually kind of been slacking on that lately. So then the fuck it mindset. That's something that, oh, it's kind of a new theme that, came into my life this year, but I think it's always been a part of my life. It's just never really had a name. And this is when I get dangerously like under caring, like when everything starts to feel like it's avalanching and snowballing and just getting progressively worse and the feelings too feel too big to sit with is I get into this mentality where like my vision goes red and I just go out, black out and freak out like crazy. Oh my God, I can see my reflection. I was like, so yeah it's not my best it's not my favorite version of mk and we've really been leashing her you know what i mean like leash the leash the beast don't unleash it because it never ends well i like to call her ashley it's not me like it's a very scary version of myself also i just engaged in a lot of self-destructive and like very risky behaviors the walking home at night Getting fucked up. I was thinking, okay, this year I did a fucked up, like my breakup, I went on the bender of my life. Was it fucked up? Yes. Did it lead to horrible consequences? Absolutely. But would I trade that experience for the world? No. I feel like I've become so much more cultured (laughs) through all the things that I got pushed to do because I said I was in the fucking mentality for like six months. I was fully living on like adrenaline. I don't even think I like slept ever or like really ate. I was, in a bad way. Seriously, reach out, please, to your friends and family if you're feeling that way. Do not do that. I do not recommend it. It led to, hor- again, horrible consequences. Horrible. Horrible. And I don't even think I was being honest with my therapist about it. When I was, then I got put back on antidepressants because it was like, you need to literally go from like 100 to zero. Ugh. Also, kind of with the fucking mindset, I learned a lot about mindsets and a lot of things have to do with the mindset. Also, Weirdly enough, a lot of men appreciate when I call it out and like it's a mindset thing and men will be like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it really is like half the stuff that you kind of do. Like I've always been really negative. When I had that male fucking therapist, I didn't even go into like why I hated this man. I was seeing my boyfriend at the time, but I want to break up with him. And I was telling him that. And he was literally drinking out of a fucking Bertucci's glass. Like, did this man steal it from a restaurant? I don't know. Also, did therapy out of his house? Scary. I do therapy online most of the time now, but my therapist is in Connecticut. And we'll kind of get into how that works because technically you're not allowed to see over state borders. I don't know if I want to say that, but it's considered coaching. So she's not technically my therapist. Not my therapist. Yeah, that's like a whole fucking situation in itself. But, you know, girl, I need, like, help. Like, sometimes I have to up my therapy a week, too. Like, don't be ashamed to up it to two days a week if you need it. Like, 
I think my sister goes like three times a week. She's two different therapists and hey, she's doing what she needs to do to get by and become a person. And this, it's a mindset. She's changing her own mindset. And I was always negative, glass half empty. The guy, we've gotten back. We've come full circle. I did lose my train of thought for a second if you were wondering. So Bertucci's glass, man is doing this out of his house. He's old as hell. And he normally is like a child psychologist. And he tells me that when I tell him about my boyfriend, now I want to break up with him. He's like, if you don't break up with this guy, you're going to be a future domestic abuse victim in all of your relationships. I'm sorry, sir. What fucking degree qualified you to jump to conclusions that fucking far? Because there's absolutely no way at fucking 18 years old that you're going to tell me for the rest of my life, I'm going to be a DV victim. Absurdity. I never saw him. I told my parents that and never saw him again after that. That was the end of it. That was the end of it. Did end up breaking up with the boyfriend though. So thanks soldier. Although I can't even totally accredit that to him. I accredit it to everyone who had to listen to me complain about this motherfucker for the whole year and eventually freaked out on me and was like, just end it, please. Like no one's, no one's happy in the situation. Yeah. That was an interesting, but yeah, very negative. He also told me I had a very negative mindset. He said, wow, like super sarcastically, you have the most negative mindset out of like anyone I've ever had counseled before. And I was like, oh, okay. Fucking like what, what medication are you taking, sir? You know what I mean? Like how, how are you that positive? You're literally on like the brink of death. How do you even still have your fucking license? Like, I don't know. That's fucking wild. So the, the whole thing about that is I have switched my mindset. And I used to say things like, I'll try. And my new therapist always corrects me to be like, no, 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 I will. You know, like, don't say, don't, st- don't. When you say I'll try, that's like, you're really like, okay, I might half-ass it. Like, let's be so honest. So astronomically for real, if you're like, I will, I will. You're like, law of attraction, baby. You know, I love that shit. You know, I love it. Also, tarot has weirdly helped me with my journaling. So I definitely recommend that if you're struggling with journaling. Also, the We're Not Really Strangers deck, self-reflection deck is the thing that changed like my whole life with journaling because that with therapy, I'll never forget I had an ex. One of my exes said to me, I was like, are you in therapy yet? And he's like, no, but I journal. And I like laughed, like snorted in his face. Because I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, that is not the same as fucking therapy. You have to do a combination. That also kind of goes with one of my points on this takeaway list is like, medication is not the cure-all. Like, that isn't just going to make everything go away. Like, you're not magically going to get better because you took a fucking pill. Like, I have a lot of friends who, like, honestly feel like their lives have been better with medication, but I don't feel that way for myself to each their own. You know, like I have to remind people this, this is like my opinion. What works for you works for you. But I personally think that that's just like not going to make everything better for me. And it hasn't in the past because like I would take medication and not see a therapist. And I just like, I wouldn't tell people what was keeping me up at night. You know what I mean? Like all the things that were bothering me. And I think there's so much important importance and being honest about how you feel and being emotionally fluid. And so many people are so scared of that because society's like weird about it, you know, still so stigmatized to be like, I feel like shit for no fucking reason. Like I just don't feel good. Like the weather sucks and I want to rot in bed all day. Like normalize it. You know what I mean? Normalize talking about it. Normalize like, ugh. I just hate how people make me feel weird when I talk about how I'm feeling and like, I'm being honest about it. But yeah, that's why I have to have a therapist or else I feel like geeks. If I hold things in, I feel like I'm literally going to like explode. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people don't feel like that though. It's just crazy. But I feel like it comes up later in life, you know? I, I feel like I'm very fortunate to be this mentally ill this young because at least I'm on the path to correcting it that much earlier than others. Like, as opposed to my parents who didn't get help as early as they should have. And, you know, it was so stigmatized for them back then. They probably wish that they got into it earlier because I don't even know if they'd like probably be married. Yeah. Then healing is a linear. I said that one. I myself am breaking trauma cycles by getting help as young as I did. Look look at me. I'm just jumping ahead on the list. I'm making this shit flow. But yeah, I feel very accomplished that I've stuck with it for this long because I'm a fucking quitter. I love to give up. But I also have this like huge, huge fear of rejection and failure. So that's something that like, I can't believe this water stain is not dried yet. That's something that like I wanted to fix in therapy. And it's something that I really struggle with fixing because that's the root of my all evil is like, Fear of rejection and fear of failure. It's where the anxiety comes from, the depression, the me engaging in self-destructive behaviors, 
the me accepting really shitty men and not knowing my self-worth, the victim complex, like it all ties into that. And that was instilled by my parents, unfortunately. So that all stems back to childhood. See, like this shit is all cyclical. (laughs) That's the thing I can't really wrap my head around. Like, uh, but yeah, I really encourage, you know, if you have a long history or family history of mental health issues, get help. Please talk to someone Break the cycle. Start it early, especially in your 20s. Like, you have so much time to, like, correct that behavior. You know what I'm saying? Another crazy thing that I learned in therapy was that I trust women over men because my mom stood up for me more as a kid. Wild, because my... I did kind of... What is it? We do, like, a self-check-in. I do a lot of, like, guided meditation with my therapist in a lot of my sessions lately, which is why I don't have a lot of notes. It's, like, I'm kind of just talking about things that are coming up fluidly, which I think has been really helpful for me lately to kind of, like, check out and check in at the same time. So she was kind of asking me and I've been having these like problems with men lately and all this stuff about how I feel, you know, like I have to run away from them and I don't feel like I want to date someone again. And I'm worried I'm getting like really walled off towards relationships in general through this like whole healing journey bullshit. And I'm worried I'm just like becoming too comfortable with being alone. And I was talking about how I just don't trust men in general. Like that's just like the root of it all is like, I've had so many traumatic experiences with men specifically stemming from my father. And I just don't know if I'll ever trust a guy. Like, I don't think I've ever met someone that makes me feel hundred percent comfortable about myself. And she was like, did your dad like, I was like, no, he did nothing related to my childhood. And she's like, can you recall a time in one of my guided meditations that your mom stood up for you? And I did easily like several instances. And she was like, this is why you trust women more than men. And you feel comfortable opening up to women more emotionally because your mom stood up for you in times that you felt vulnerable and times that you felt you needed to defend her and you felt unsafe and uncomfortable, she made a safe space for you. Your dad never did that. But my mom also, (laughs) my nose is so edgy. My mom could also make a room very hostile at the same time. So, you know, hate, hate it to love it. What's that song? Why is my nose so edgy? I've been having horrible allergies lately, and I don't know if it, that's my own doing or, like, what. Also, can't stop thinking—I'm, like, scratching because I can't stop thinking about the spider. I have had the permanent ick for the last hour, and I was just setting up my equipment, and I just dropped on my head, and I felt a little itch. I, like, flicked my hair a little bit, and I saw it land on my bed and start crawling around in the top that I was going to wear to sleep. Not going to wear that top anymore. I'm literally going to burn it. Like, what the fuck? Okay, So also the last note, the last note on my biggest takeaways was that men will do anything before getting therapy. I say that with love, peace, and, you know, just hope that one day they will get fucking help because I cannot stand you bitches anymore. And you wonder why women's happiness is going up. Women are more successful. Women are taking over positions of power. Women are more educated. Because y'all can't even open up about your emotions because you're so wrapped up in this toxic masculinity culture. Granted, you and I fed into it here and there. No, nobody's perfect, Hannah Montana. But like, grow the fuck up. Grow the fuck up and literally get a therapist. Get help. Men used to go to war. Now they're liking my Instagram story and crying to me about their ex-girlfriend that they cheated on. Make it make sense. At this point, put, put me in. I'll... I volunteer as tribute. I'm in the draft. I can't whistle. A little bit. Not well. Okay. Advice? Because I got to go quick for this. We're hitting the mark. Getting a therapist, it doesn't cost that much for therapy. I know people always say that it does. But if you have insurance and you're willing to talk to your parents about it, if you're younger, I really recommend it. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to care. If you want to talk to someone else, like they're going to understand if they don't, there are ways to go about it. There's a lot of online methods and there's a lot of ways that like I pay, I think out of pocket 50 to $75 per session. But if you find an, a licensed LMFT, this is advice for my therapist, LMFT marriage and family therapist, my therapist charges $75 per session. Yes. Without insurance. So, and then over state borders, it's considered coaching So that might be a cheaper option in a loophole. And if you have insurance, it costs more, actually, is what she said. I did not know that. So take back what I just said. And then I got, yeah, I already told you I got my therapist now. I don't know why I put a story time if I got my therapist now. 
But I think I'm just going to like wrap this up basically with, first of all, bowl. Fuck. And then we're going to talk about why I recommend therapy for everyone. My throat is drier than the fucking Sahara Desert right now. I wish I had a crisp Diet Coke from McDonald's. It just like itches the throat. So good. So right. I can't wait to scrape this fucking wax off my desk later. It's definitely going to drop soon. You know what? Like the water park when there's that big thing that like dumps the water over and you just like watch it fill up and you're waiting like super anxiously for it to tip over. That's what this candle feels like on this wobbly Ikea desk right now. So I just am kind of quite literally playing with fire and dumping the wax out over the edge. It's like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Wow, it's like actually not really spilling. It's spilling around the crystals cool. Cool? I said two is what I meant in my head. No, seriously, I think things that I think jazz cabbage has affected in my development and also trauma. My prefrontal cortex, my common sense of a walnut activities, and the men that I choose. I think there's holes in the brain in those parts. Also, my motivation sector. Am I doing good in school? And my math. I can't do math anymore. Anyone else smoke weed and can't do math anymore? Is that just... Do I just have a learning disability? Because it could be both. I did have a tutor in high school who told me that my roommates just saw the picture of the spider that fell on my head. I cannot believe that that happened. So, woo. Damn, I could have my Spider-Man moment. Oh my God, where's the bong? I just, I don't put it on the desk because it just looks so heinous. And something that I know that I need to do is go buy ISO and salt tomorrow. I also need to get the cat food. Fuck. I do not have that much money. I donated to a GoFundMe. Actually, a few GoFundMes today. But only like $5 each because I'm broke as hell. But I feel like I need to put some out into the universe so I get some back, you know? Cheers. Cheers. I forgot to say cheers. Sorry. Speaking into the bong because I'm balancing it on my chin. If you if you're watching this on my YouTube, I'm getting like really baked because I'm so tired. I stayed up till like four in the morning last night and I woke up at like ten, but it was technically eleven. I don't know. Ugh. Oh, I did not like that. I did not like that. Have you guys seen Melon B. Smellin' on TikTok? It's my new favorite account. Anyways, why I think everyone should be in therapy is because at the end of the day, like I said, I like when people oversimplify things to me. Like my older sister met her boyfriend on Tinder, her long-term boyfriend. And what he said to her when they went on, went on their first date was, the worst you'll get is a free meal out of it. Love that mentality. And I've been kind of looking therapy in the same light of where it's more just someone to talk to. Like I, for so long, bottled up how I was feeling and it contributed to my negative headspace so much and my negative outlook on life because I just pretended to be someone I wasn't and pretended that I didn't care and pretended that nothing phased me and I was just this really strong person who didn't feel anything. But what I think is the most strong and bold thing to do is to be vulnerable. And I always say there's a difference between being open and being vulnerable. And I say that like, oh, I'm only open. But I've been vulnerable with so many people in so many ways. And you guys have made me feel like it's okay to be vulnerable. So I'm hopefully able to make that same space for you because I don't know what I would do if I couldn't talk my shit on the internet. God, I love talking about my problems, my first world little problems that lead to just fucking mental breakdowns. Yo, the CVS parking lot is my favorite place to have a mental breakdown on the real too, like outside of the therapy office. That and like therapy has made me feel so okay about myself. Like I used to think I was fucking crazy. That and TikTok, but therapy made me feel crazy about myself. Like I was just fucking insane, but then when I, or before therapy. And then when I started going to therapy, I was like, oh, actually I'm really normal. And if anything, I'm on the lower percentile of fucked up. So like God's beat soldier, like, thank God, like count your blessings. I'm privileged to say I can actually somewhat function. Watch me quit herb. God, I tried to throw out this box like a week ago and MJ gave me a death stare. And now she's like been asleep in it all day. And her silly hours start in T minus two hours. She just opened her eye. I think one hour and 30 minutes. Oh my God. She looks so cute right now. I wish I could show you guys, but yeah, I would just recommend that if you don't 
go to therapy, get a therapist, especially if you've been through a lot in your childhood or I didn't even think that I was considered traumatized until I learned more about it. But I definitely recommend reaching out to someone, getting help, talking to someone if you need it. I'm always here. My DMs are always open. <laughs> Hate to follow it up with this, but on that note, follow my Instagram, MaryKate.Willis. My Snapchat's MaryJNotKate. This YouTube video for this podcast is going to be up on my channel, MaryJNotKate. And yeah, I guess. Oh, TikToks. MK9 unit. Mary Jane, not Kate V2, and Cryptic and Unhinged. Okay, well, as always, I'll see you next time. And thank you for listening. This is fucking crazy. I need to go to bed. <laughs>